Welcome to the Forensic Nutritionist Podcast. My name is Fiona Tuck. I'm a nutritional medicine practitioner and a qualified skin therapist for over 25 years. The Forensic Nutritionist Podcast takes an investigative approach into all things nutrition, gut health and skin, using qualified experts to bring you information that you can trust. We are all unique. The information presented herein is not intended to diagnose, to treat or cure disease. Please seek professional medical guidance prior to modifying any diet, exercise or lifestyle program. Let us begin. On the podcast today, we're talking about the immune system, how to or can you even protect yourself from catching the virus and you know, so much information at the moment about COVID-19, this terrible virus that is really affecting literally the whole of the world. And as we're seeing this unfold, there's a lot of information on social media, online at the moment, promoting all these different ways to build immunity to protect us from catching colds and viruses. So I think it's really important to really clarify that taking vitamin pills, things like apple cider vinegar shots, gargling with hot water, none of these things will actually stop you from getting a cold, a virus. We don't know enough at the moment even about the COVID-19 as to what can treat it, let alone prevent us from catching it. So really when people are saying, you know, boost your immune system, if we really think about what that means, we don't really want to be boosting our immune system because what this is doing is implying that we're actually stimulating it, which is really something that we would associate with allergic type responses and autoimmune disorders. Really what we want is to be having an immune system that is healthy, that is strong, but it's in perfect balance because the immune system really needs to be working in harmony and balance because there are many things that come into play to keep the immune system in harmony. Saying that, however, though, there are things we can do to really help support a healthy functioning immune system. And we will be looking at those later on in the podcast. But before we do that, let's have a look at how the immune system actually works. So for some of you, this may be really interesting. Some of you, it may be a little bit dry, and if it's too dry, then you can always fast forward to get to the real practical information. But if you think about the immune system, it's a highly intricate and complex system. It consists of organs, specialized cells, and chemicals that are really monitoring constantly our body to be able to fight pathogens or foreign invaders. The immune system consists of these antibodies, white blood cells, the lymphatic system, the spleen, the thymus, and the bone marrow. And really our immune system is working as a gatekeeper. So it's watching, it's recording, it's monitoring every single pathogen or foreign invader, if you like, that it comes into content, uh, it comes into contact with. And it's doing this by lymphocyte cells, the B cells and the T cells which are the white blood cells known as the memory cells. And this is so that if the immune 
system sees these pathogens enter the body again, it can deal with them quickly and efficiently before they can cause severe damage to the body. So the immune system is consisting of things such as white blood cells, which are the main players. They're made in your bone marrow and they're part of the lymphatic system. And the white blood cells travel through the body and they're looking for foreign invaders or what we call pathogens, things such as bacteria, viruses, parasites and fungi. And if it sees them or finds them, it's going to launch an immune attack to keep these foreign invaders at bay. And the more threatening this virus or bacteria, usually the more severe the immune response. Obviously, sometimes things can go wrong with the immune system. It can become overactive and oversensitive, if you like, and react to things that in a normal person it wouldn't react to. And that's when we get things like allergies and autoimmune conditions. The white blood cells that we're talking about consist of what we call B cells, T cells, and these natural killer lymphocyte cells and many other types of immune cells. We've also got what we call antibodies and these recognize substances called antigens on what are on the surface of these foreign invaders. And what happens is these antibodies mark the microbe or the foreign invader or toxin as being foreign basically this is something that we don't want we want to mark it so that we can recognize it so that antibodies tag these antigens for destruction and there's many many different cells and proteins and chemicals that are involved in this attack we've also got what we call the complement system and the complement system is made up of proteins that complement the work carried out by these antibodies then of course we've got the lymphatic system, an often under-talked about system of the body, but a highly crucial and important system that is involved in the immune system. And it's compromised of a network of lymphoid tissue and organs, think of your um, lymph, lymph nodes that help to filter out toxins. And they help to get rid of um, toxins, waste and unwanted materials and debris in the body. So the primary function of the lymphatic system is to transport this lymphatic fluid, um, which is a fluid containing the white blood cells or lymphocytes throughout the body. And of course, the lymphatic system doesn't have a pump like the circulatory system, the pump is the heart. There is no pump for the lymphatic system, so it's really relying on movement and actually muscle tone to help the lymphatic fluid move around the body, which is why having good muscle tone is going to mean that you have a, a better flowing lymphatic system and moving and walking and regular exercise is also going to be really good for the lymphatic system. And that is why sedentary lifestyle is really not going to be beneficial for the lymphatic system. We've also got our spleen. Um, well, hopefully we have. Some people do have their spleen removed. The spleen is an organ that filters our blood by removing these microbes and it destroys the old or damaged red blood cells. 
It also makes these disease-fighting components of the immune system, including things like antibodies and lymphocytes. So whilst we can live without a spleen, it is really um, involved in our immune system and helps with a, a strong, robust immune system. The bone marrow is also part of the immune system. And the bone marrow is the spongy tissue that's found inside your bones. Most blood cells are made in the bone marrow. This process um, really occurs to produce red blood cells, which our bodies need to transport oxygen, and white blood cells to help fight infection, and platelets, which help to um, help our body clot, especially in times of you know cuts or wounds, etc. We've also got the thymus gland, which is situated in the neck, and the thymus filters and monitors the contents of our blood. Again, often a gland that's not really talked about very much. The thymus produces white blood cells called T lymphocytes. And what I find interesting is the thymus gland shrinks with age, and the whole of the immune system, everything involved in the immune system, declines with age. And also, interestingly, one of the things that has been shown to help slow down shrinkage of the thymus gland is exercise. And again, I find this really, really interesting. And we do say that sitting is the new smoking. So the more movement, the more exercise, the more we can build our muscle strength, the more it's actually going to help with the whole aging process and really helping with keeping the immune system strong as well. Our immune system works really closely with a diverse number of gut microbes to develop a tolerance for the good microbes in the gut and to create cellular defenses against the pathogenic microbes. Because obviously with the gut, we've got a lot of things coming into the gut and the body needs to know what can stay, what's friendly, what's good, and what shouldn't be there and, and what's what we don't want to be getting in. So the immune system and the gut microbiota have a mutualistic relationship, communicating to support and regulate each other. So they work in synergy and in harmony. And the importance of this interaction really is highlighted by the fact that 70 to 80% of the body's immune cells are found in the gut and really taking care of the gut, knowing what we can do to look after it, and we've spoken on the podcast many times about this, really does play a role in a healthy immune system. And I know in the episode when we're talking about leaky gut, um, you know, that can also then lead on to um, exacerbated autoimmune conditions. So the gut really plays an important role in the immune system. So looking at that in a little bit more detail, if we think about the gut epithelial cells that really line the gut, and they're found literally from the mouth all the way down to the, the anus, these are the mission control center for the gut ecosystem. These intestinal epithelial cells are really stimulated by gut environmental factors, things like your microbes, which interact with the immune cells to really help to modulate the gut immune cell responses 
And these epithelial cells will produce antimicrobial peptides if they see a pathogen, which then stimulates a cascade of immune responses within the body. So even keeping the lining of our gut and the cells of our gut healthy is important um, and is one of the first steps of immune defense. Also, if you think about it, the lumen of the gastrointestinal tract could be considered as outside of the body. And much of it is heavily populated, really sort of what I was saying earlier, by or with potentially pathogenic microorganisms. And so it really is important that the immune system establishes and maintains a really strong presence at this boundary, if you like. Um, so the digestive tube really is heavily laden with immune cells, such as the lymphocytes, the macrophages, and all the other cells that participate in the immune responses. We've also got what we call the GALT or the gut-associated lymphoid tissue, which is the underlying immune network. The GI immune system is really present in the mucosa and the submucosa of the GI tract. And it's especially prominent in the throat, you know, the tonsils um, and things like the payers, patches and even the appendix. So whilst, you know, once upon a time we thought the appendix appendix was useless and didn't really do much the appendant appendix actually does have a nice little or should have a nice little collection of microbes in there and beneficial microbes which in a way are, are working there to um, protect us and keep us healthy so in addition to this gout um, lymph nodes that receive lymph draining from the gut and cells in the liver which work as phagocytic cells you know engulfing bacterias and pathogens really also play important roles in protecting the body from invasion. So the lymphatic system, as you can see, is very, very specialized and highly complex, but the body does have other ways to defend itself against microbes. And these systems really do all work in harmony with the immune system and are very valuable to help us stay fit and well. So everything works in harmony and it's working together to protect us from foreign invaders. So if you think about the skin, the skin really is an interface with the outside environment and the skin is also colonized by trillions of microorganisms, things such as bacteria, fungi, even viruses, and also tiny, tiny little mites. And these need to be in perfect balance and harmony for ultimate protection. The beneficial microbes that are found on the skin help to protect us. And it's thought that they do this by communicating with the billions of T cells that are part of the immune system that are also found in the skin. We've also got the lungs and the lungs help with um, producing mucus when they need to or phlegm, which traps foreign particles. And there are little small hairs called cilia also found in the lungs that wave the mucus upward so that it can be coughed out. Now, these cilia get damaged through smoking. And so of course, it's why people get this smoking cough. and. If you are a smoker, particularly a heavy smoker, 
the cilia are damaged or almost um, disappear so that the lungs aren't able to, to clear out this mucus effectively because the, the hairs aren't there to, to do that. So um, smoking, obviously, as we know, all know, is not good for us, but particularly um, with chest infections and things like that, you know, if we don't have the little small hairs there to help the mucus come out, we can really start to see problems. Keeping the lungs healthy, things like deep breathing, when we are stressed, um, in particular, we start to shallow breathe or we're not breathing on a day-to-day -day basis very deeply down into the lungs. So things like meditation, deep breathing exercises, even cardiovascular workouts, really getting those lungs to work really helps to sort of get the lungs working and deep breathing that can be beneficial. So again, keeping up with that regular exercise is so important to keep the lungs healthy. Body fluids as well also help to protect us. If you think about sebum on the surface of the skin, that's like a waterproof barrier to the skin. Things like saliva and tears also contain antibacterial enzymes that help reduce the risk of infection. Um, we also want to make sure that we're staying hydrated with plenty of fluids because cells are able to work more efficiently and communicate better with each other when we have adequate hydration. So all of these things are really, really important when it comes to looking after a healthy immune system. So as you can see, really, there is no single vitamin or mineral that will magically strengthen the immune system because everything is so complex. In order for all of the intricate systems of the body to be working effectively, we really need to ensure that our diet has the right amount of healthy nutrients. And we really need to be including foods in the diet that include things such as healthy fats, proteins, fiber, antioxidants, things like phytonutrients, vitamins, um, particularly involved in the immune system would be things like vitamin A, vitamin B, particularly B6 and B12 and B9, which is your folate, vitamin C, vitamin E and vitamin D, a lot of different vitamins. And also minerals, things like selenium and zinc, we also need magnesium and iron. All of these work in synergy together to help with a healthy functioning immune system. Now, if we are low in specific nutrients, this can compromise the integrity of the immune system and how well our immune system is working. So if you are deficient in particular nutrients or you aren't getting enough, this may affect how your immune system works. And this is why it's so important to get all of these nutrients via a healthy diet. If you supplement with a high dose um, amount of one vitamin, um, this can actually knock out other nutrients. As we know, you know, B6 and zinc are needed to work um, together. We also know that vitamin C and vitamin E work together. If you supplement with zinc, you can affect your copper and your iron levels. So these things, um, really work together and just taking one nutrient on its own in a high dose 
if you don't know what you're doing or if you don't need it, um, may be even toxic to the system. And again, if you're, you're really looking at treating viruses, we, we don't know enough about the COVID-19 as to how effective these nutrients are in treating specific um, this specific virus. However, if you are deficient, um, that may be a time and a place for supplementation. But my advice is speak to a qualified nutritionist or dietitian so you know what you need to be taking um, and what amount you need to be taking. So if your vitamin D is low, we know that the vitamin, vitamin D plays a very important role in regulating immune function. Um, and if you're deficient in vitamin D, it does impact the activity of the T regulatory cells. Um, as well as, for instance, the production of antibodies. And we know vitamin D enhances the immune response. However, if you are not low in vitamin D and then you start supplementing with high amounts, it could potentially be toxic. So it is important to know if you need to take it and how much you should be taking. Same with vitamin C, you know, vitamin C supplementation has been shown to reduce the duration and severity of some colds. Although um, we also know it's increasingly um, effective when combined with zinc, but that is if, if somebody is more deficient. So taking vitamin C and zinc, if you don't need it, really may not do anything. Also remembering that the immune system is highly complex. So we do need all of the important nutrients for a healthy functioning immune system. So starting with diet is first and foremost what we need to do. And having a healthy diet is going to really help us be able to respond effectively if we do get any viruses or pathogens invade the body so it's going to help us to efficiently deal with these viruses colds and flus so let's look at diet because really we need to be looking at avoiding these highly processed foods because and very high sugar high carbohydrate foods a lot of highly processed foods are full of artificial additives they can be really high in artificial sugar or alternatively high in artificial sweeteners. And we know that artificial sweeteners, for instance, can be toxic to the beneficial microbes in the gut. And we need these beneficial microbes as communicators for um, the immune system. So really having a diet, heavily processed food diet, particularly high in carbohydrates and high in sugar isn't going to be beneficial. We also know that a really high carbohydrate and a high sugar diet is going to put an increased demand on the body for specific nutrients, things such as B vitamins and magnesium, which are also required for the immune system. So if we've got really processed food in the diet and not enough fresh produce, which means we could not be getting enough nutrients, then that could compromise the immune system. So really cutting down these refined carbohydrates, things of you know white bread, um, chips, processed foods, and even think about alcohol because alcohol when drunk to excess is going to deplete nutrients and potentially depress the immune system. And again, increase our demand for certain nutrients. 
Skin minimizes saturated fats, the processed meats, we know bacon, ham, salami, sausages, fatty meats aren't going to do our gut um, any favors. These foods can also be pro-inflammatory and we know that the inflammatory processes in the body also work synergistically with the immune system. So we don't wanna put extra stress on the body. And we know that a lot of fatty meat and saturated fats and high meat animal-based products, too many, may increase the production of toxic byproducts in the gut, putting further stress on the system. So really, whilst it may sound obvious, minimizing these foods can go a really long way in, in helping with our immune system and obviously really increasing the whole foods, choosing foods that are as close to how you would find them in nature, looking at eating a variety of different foods every day so that the variety is going to give us the exposure to different nutrients and think about the color of the foods you know think of rainbow on the plate because that's going to give us a variety of different nutrients and particularly these phytonutrients that you just don't really get in a synthetic vitamin capsule and these phytonutrients we now know some of them contain specific plant compounds that have actually been shown to help the body with its own cellular defense mechanisms. So allowing your body to produce its own antioxidants to downregulate pro-inflammatory pathways and really help to defend itself. And getting these phytonutrients is so, so important in keeping our defenses really strong. Also looking at fiber, because fiber we know is going to be great for the bowel, it's gonna be great to help protect against constipation, etc. Of course you need to drink extra fluid with that as well. But fiber rich foods, think of things like oats, legumes, whole grains, nuts, fruits and vegetables. A lot of these um, foods contain prebiotics and it's the prebiotics that are going to provide the fuel and the food for your healthy gut bacteria, those beneficial microbes that are going to help to reduce inflammation within the body and help with the um, immune system regulatory control within the gut. And so again, really getting in these prebiotics is, is really important at this stage. Now, also good fats, Essential fatty acids, things like omega-6 and omega-3 are really important for a healthy functioning immune system. Um, but we also want to make sure that we're getting enough omega-3 so that we don't then end up taking the body into a pro-inflammatory state. So look at um, really upping healthy fats in the diet. Think extra virgin olive oil, avocados, oily fatty fish, raw nuts and seeds. And the healthy fats may help to influence these T helper cells and antibody production. We want to be looking at aiming for about two to three serves of fatty fish a week. And think about with your extra virgin olive oil to get those anti-inflammatory benefits from it and the polyphenol benefits, looking at about two to three tablespoons per day of extra virgin olive oil and about 30 grams of raw nuts, preferably, a day. So 
fish two to three times a week, oily fatty fish, and two to three tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil and 30 grams of raw nuts a day, which are going to be really beneficial for general health and well-being. Um, that's really important. So they're the good fats that we want to be including. And of course, we've got cells that um, rely on protein because protein is vital to build and help repair body tissues and to fight viral and bacterial infections. And our immune system cells, such as antibodies, really need protein to function optimally. So look at including good quality proteins, such as legumes, fish, poultry, eggs, and lean meat, because our body needs this to um, help with a healthy immune system. So these are things that we can do via our diet, and it really comes back down to that Mediterranean diet again. Um, not too much of any one thing, moderation, a little bit of everything, not too much of any one thing, lots of plant-based foods, having whole grains, legumes, nuts, seeds, having some protein, a little bit of dairy, um, but not having processed food or really minimizing the amount of, of processed foods that we do eat, particularly the refined carbohydrates and high sugars. And then lifestyle factors are so, so important. So think about sleep. Getting enough sleep and getting good quality sleep is important to help the body rest and repair. So if we're not sleeping well, this can really actually compromise the immune system. Stress as well is, is really um, not good for the immune system. So in acute stressful situations, there's an increase in cortisol and that actually can support the immune system because it, what it will do is limit inflammation. So reducing the stress on the body, if you like. But this isn't going to be beneficial if we've got long-term chronic stress because the body will get used to having too much cortisol in the blood. And then what happens is inflammation starts to increase, putting further stress on the immune system. So looking at ways to distress is really important and that's going to be different for everybody. But for me personally, I love yoga, um, just lying on the wall, legs up in, uh, or lying on the wall, lying on the floor, should I say, with legs up the wall. Iparita Karani and yoga is a wonderful way of just reducing um, or relaxing the, the nervous system. And it really does have a, a wonderful de-stressing and calming effect on the body. For some it may be a walk, for some it may be exercise, it may be having a relaxing bath, just taking time out to yourself. But we are in a stressful time at the moment. People are, are crammed in at home with families, everybody working from home, homeschooling. Um, people are worried about jobs, worried about income. And so doing what you can to help manage the stress is going to be crucial. We know stress will decrease lymphocyte production um, and they're the white blood cells that help to fight off infection. And of course, the lower the white blood cells, the more at risk you are for viruses, including things like colds and flus and, and cold sores even. So the chronic stress does lead to this high level of inflammation, which leads to this overworked, overtired immune system. And then that means we can't protect ourselves as, as much as we can. So think of, of these ways, as I've said, that you can help to reduce stress where possible. And exercise. Now, 
Exercise is so important for mental health, for hormones, for weight management, but it's also important to stimulate the circulation and the lymphatic system. We know regular exercise is thought to enhance the immune system or the functioning of the immune system by stimulating um, the circulation. But we also knew, know that prolonged high intensity activity and overtraining may be linked to reduced immune function and increased inflammation and oxidative stress in the body. So like everything, it's moderation. Not enough exercise isn't going to be good for us and too much exercise is going to put excessive strain on the body. So we know that um, regular exercise is good, but too much um, may not be beneficial. So also to think about if you are unwell and you've got a virus, then any virus, it's not advisable to endure strenuous physical exercise during that time. So if you're having trouble breathing, doing exercise that's going to put further stress on the cardiovascular um, system and the lungs may not be beneficial. So that may be the time when you want to be resting. So as you can see, really, a healthy functioning immune system is very, very complex. It's a highly intricate process. And there is not one single nutrient that is going to magically boost the immune system. So I really do think it's being short-sighted to think that by supplementing a single nutrient, it's going to normalize immune system dysfunction. Obviously, if you're deficient in a particular nutrient, for whatever reason that may be, maybe you just do not um, absorb it well or you're not making enough of it, um, it may be a medical condition, then there may be reason for supplementation. There may be a time and a place even for IV infusions, but you really need to have um, professional recommendation and guidance when it comes to, to taking these things. The evidence for supplementation is limited, um, but there are times and places for it, particularly when we need to correct nutritional deficiencies. But remember, um, nothing beats a healthy whole food diet when um, we know that those specific phytonutrients that help regulate the body's own natural defense system really play a valuable role in keeping us fit and healthy and providing that you are fit and healthy this is a, a really valuable thing that we can do by upping those plant-based foods in the in the diet so really taking care of your overall general health and well-being with healthy eating really good quality sound sleep regular exercise trying to reduce and minimize stress these are the things that are going to really lay the foundation for our health and well-being and that means that if you do succumb to a virus whatever that virus may be um, or a cold or a flu your body is going to be in as fit and as healthy a state as it can be to help aid with a speedy recovery so I hope this has given you some information that you can practically implicate and some clarification with, with all the tips that are, are flying around out there. You know, gargling with salt water, it's certainly not gonna do you any harm, but it's about understanding how the immune system works, looking at 
all of these complicated or complex intricated processes and understanding what nutrients the body needs and how we can get those through our diet, what we can do with our lifestyle factors to really help to support our health physically and mentally. So until the next podcast, stay safe.